Hey everybody, this is Lucas from Coastal Vineyard. Just wanted to say thank you for downloading this podcast or maybe picking up a CD after service. We love you and we are praying for you. We believe that your best days are yet to come. So expect the best. We hope that this message inspires you and moves your faith into action. So sit back and enjoy. And so Jesus was on a journey And he was journeying from Judea to a place called Galilee. Judea was in the south and Galilee was in the north. There was only one problem with this trip. With this trip, he had to make a stop along the way to go through this place called Samaria. So Jesus was traveling, he was walking, and he was with his disciples. And he comes up to this place called Samaria, and he sits down at this well. And this well is known as Jacob's well. And he sits there, and the disciples go off, and the disciples go to buy some lunch. So as Jesus is sitting there, hot from his journey, resting his feet, all of a sudden he looks up and he sees a woman at the distance coming from around the corner. And this woman is carrying what would be a large pot. She comes around the corner. It is about 12 o'clock, so the sun is beating down. There is a bead of sweat on her forehead. There's a scarf around her face covering her nose, covering her mouth because the streets are dusty. And she's walking, her head slightly tilted down, coming closer and closer to Jesus, coming closer and closer to this well. When all of a sudden she looks up for a second and she catches Jesus' eye only to turn away quickly. Because after all, this is a Samaritan woman and he is a Jewish man. And everyone knows that Samaritan women do not speak with Jewish men. So she draws closer and she draws closer and closer and closer to this well. And she gets there and then all of a sudden the unthinkable happens. Jesus speaks up. And Jesus says this, give me some water. She's a little taken back by this. She takes a step back. She feels the need to remind Jesus, don't you know that I am a Samaritan woman? We do not conversate. We don't talk to each other, let alone I'm a Samaritan. Second of all, I'm a woman and you're a man. It's beyond the cultural boundaries. She reminds Jesus of this. And then Jesus speaks back to her and says, oh, but if you knew the gift of God that was speaking to you, you would have asked me for a drink of water, and I would have given you this water, this water that springs up inside of you everlasting life. At which at this point, the woman takes another step back. She looks at Jesus and she says, sir, How is this possible? For the well is very deep, and you have nothing, sir, to draw with. Besides, I've been coming to this well for such a long time. I get water from this well daily. Not only do I get water from it, but my father's got water from it, and his father got water from it, and his father's father got water from it, and my great-great-great-grandfather got water from it, and our father, Jacob, drew water from this very well, and he drank from it, and he fed his livestock from it. Are you greater than him? Hmm. Interesting question. Jesus sits there, and responds back to her. What do you think he says? 
He says, you're right. You've come to this water before, and your father has come to this water before, and his father before him, and his father before him, and your great-great-great-grandfather before, before them, all the way back to our, this man that you know as Jacob. And yes, he drank from it, and his sons drank from it, and his livestock drank from it, and you drink from it. And you know what all of you guys have in common? Everyone that drinks of this well gets thirsty again. But the water that I'm talking to you about is a water that you can drink of and never be thirsty again. At to which this point, the woman takes two steps forward and says, Sir, give me this water. Because I have been to this well one too many times before. So give me this water so I do not have to return. And to which Jesus replies, Okay, go and get your husband. And all of a sudden, the mood kind of changes. Sir, I do not have a husband. Oh, you are right in saying this, for you have had five husbands, and the man that you're with now is not your husband. Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. (laughs) Changing the subject very quickly, she goes into another question and says, Look behind you. Don't you see these mountains? This is where we worship at. But you Jews, you say that over in Jerusalem, this is where you should worship at. What's the deal? Where, where, should we, where should we worship? In which Jesus responds to her, it's not about this mountain. It's not about that mountain. It's not about this place or that place or Jerusalem. It's not about this church or that church. It's not about this denomination or that denomination. But it's about worshiping the Father. And those who worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. Hmm. Nice conversation between a Jewish man and a Samaritan woman. Those who worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. And she says, sir, I know what you're speaking of, but there's this story that we've heard, and we've heard for such a long time. There's a story about a Messiah, about a Christ, about a Savior that is coming, and when he comes, he will reveal all things to us. And to which Jesus responds and says, I who speak to you am he. This is the moment that you have been waiting for your entire life. I am he. What a wonderful, wonderful story. Um, this is probably about seven years ago. I was in, uh, in between East Timor and Indonesia. East Timor, far east island of Indonesia, broke off, there was a civil war, and so they, it was a place of devastation, uh, entire villages have been burned down, and we're there, and I'm with a group of, of missionaries from, from all over the world, and I had been at this particular part of Indonesia for about six months, and there was this one village that we were in, and I absolutely loved this village, because it was, it was so 200 years ago. The only electricity that was there was run off of generators. The only, uh, there, was, there was really no cars that you would see in the street. You would see a few little mopeds, uh, there just dirt roads, and, and, and all of the water came from wells. And there was probably only maybe two or three hundred people in this certain village. And on Saturdays, everyone from that village and the surrounding villages would gather in this big open field, and they would set up this kind of market thing where everyone would then go and sell and trade all their stuff, and they'd trade rice for chickens and all this other good stuff. And um, so it, it was just a real wonderful place for me. I loved it. And the well 
there was kind of like a good center point to town because that's where everybody came to get their water for the day. And everyone knows that it's really, really hot during the middle of the day. So if you're going to get water, you get water at the beginning of the day or you get water at the end of the day. And what would happen is sometimes in the beginning of the day or the end of the day, the, the people would just come out and it would be really crowded. And so all kinds of stuff would, would be happening when people were getting their, getting their water for the day. And every once in a while, something crazy would happen. Uh, while I was there, a chicken had jumped over the little well ledge and fallen down the well and died inside of it. And so this is like a huge deal because that means somebody has to go down into the well, get the chicken out, they have to flush it out, and then you have to boil all the water and everything. And so it just kind of became a big deal when something went wrong with this well. It threw off everybody's day if something was wrong with the well. How often in our lives do we return to certain wells? And if something goes wrong, it throws us off. How often, maybe I should say it like this, how often do we return to certain sources? Sources of life that we depend on. And when something goes wrong, it throws us off. Maybe that source is our job. Maybe that source is our marriage, our schooling, our studying. And so we return to these certain wells. We return to these certain sources. It's a certain life routine that we get caught up with. And the thing about these wells is it's us that's doing all the work. This woman has brought the bucket. This woman, the rope is there. This woman has gone many times before. It's all about her work, her ability to draw from this well. And that's why when she looks at Jesus and he talks about this water and she says, Sir, how are you going to give me this water? Because the well is deep and you have nothing to draw with. In other words, you have to bring something. Look at all that I've brought. This is a well that's been passed down from generation to generation. It was dug by our father Jacob. And that well just kind of represents the accomplishments of man. Everything that we can do on our own and every source in the desert that we continually can go back to and draw upon. What is your source when things go wrong? Do you want to kind of retreat and return to your job. So in other words, if finances are tight, I could just work harder. If if, if I don't know something particular, I could just study a little bit harder. If, If this is happening, what is the source that we often return to? But there's something that kind of is in common about the source is it always demands more. It always demands more and more and more. There's more trips that you have to take to that source because it never satisfies. Jesus says it'll always leave you thirsty. It may satisfy for a moment, but it's not long until you're coming back again. It's kind of like that Christmas present that you wanted so bad. And you thought about it all year long. And now three years later, it's dusty on the shelf. You know what I'm talking about. We all have them. I had that, it was uh, the big craze years ago, I, I don't know how long, maybe not that long ago, the Nintendo Wii, you know, and if you, you just had to get this thing, 
And, uh, and so me, me and Devin, we bought one, and we bought the little workout thing that goes with it because, you know, we're going to get the Nintendo Wii, and we're going to work out, and we're going to, you know, how are you going to work out with a video game? Come on, seriously. <laughs> you know, but we're going to do it because it's the cool thing. So we bought this thing. We used it for like a week, you know. And about two weeks ago, Devin plugs it back up, and she's like, I'm going to start exercising again. And when we turn on the Wii, you have to, like, step on it to adjust it, and there's this little character that pops up, and it says, Hello, it has been 1,274 days since your last... <laughs> and, then, and then you step on it, and then, like, it's supposed to tell you your weight, and then the little guy goes, Uh-oh. And you're just like, Gosh. Man, y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh-oh. Hey. But three, four years ago, this thing was the heat. It was wonderful, and we just had to have it. It was great. But it was a source that always commanded more attention that we didn't give it to. And what happens in life, and when we draw from a different source, source other than Jesus Christ, what happens is what we used to celebrate, we now neglect. What we used to celebrate, we now neglect. It used to be wonderful that you got that bicycle until you got a car. It used to be the blessing from God that you were driving in this car until your buddy got a bigger car. And there's this kind of progression of there always has to be something more, there always has to be something bigger, there always has to be something better, and this well that we go to keeps demanding more and more. My daughter is about five months old now, and she's in Texas this week visiting uh, her grandmama and Devin's parents down there. And um, she has this little, I mean, in her room, when we did the whole baby shower thing, I mean, the girl got all kinds of stuff. I mean, she got a room full of, like, every pink toy ever made, you know. And so there's all this stuff all these great, wonderful toys, but you know what she likes? She likes this little blanket that has loops on it. And so for like an hour, she'll like stare at these loops, like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. This is just so wonderful. And she just loves it. Now, nothing else matters. Just give me my little loopy blanket. It's a wonderful thing. But the day is coming when that blanket will no longer be good enough, and she'll want a toy, and then a bicycle, and then a car. And then, I don't know what else girls want. <laughs> I have no clue. I guess I'll figure it out in like 16 years. <laughs> Stability, yeah. Uh, she's not getting married until she's like 32, so. <laughs> or 42, I don't know. But, but there's this recognition of there's always going to be something more. And if you talk to certain people that have gone through certain things, you'll notice in their life, when they've gone through things, there's an appreciation and a celebration of just the very nature of life itself. In other words, we've, we've heard Chris's story before about having stage four cancer and coming out of it, and all of a sudden, man, doesn't the air just smell a little sweeter? Just having the ability to walk. Thank you, God, for my legs. There's a lot of people in wheelchairs right now. And so there's this appreciation and their celebration for just life itself. And it's wonderful. And it's great. 
But the sadness is sometimes often that wears off. And sometimes we need more than just air in our lungs and food in our refrigerator. And then we need to have more than just our blanket with the knots in it. And there's, we return to a source. We return to something that we have to continually keep going to that demands more and more and more of our time. Just like this woman is going to this well and it keeps saying, you will be back. You're going to need some more water. You need what I have. How much is enough? How much is enough? Because I guarantee you, whenever uh, Chris came home from the hospital, after that stage four cancer, it didn't matter that the toilet bowl seat was up because Chris was home. How much is enough? Why is it that often we return to the way of the well? It's not long before all of us will be faced with this dangerous cycle of rotation, of returning to something that we've known for so, so long before. And so we return to this well. This woman, this lady, this Samaritan returns to this well. And she's done it day after day. And it keeps demanding more until all of a sudden, one day, Jesus is sitting by this well. Jesus is there in a time and a place that he shouldn't be talking to a woman that he shouldn't be talking to. But he is there nonetheless. And something changes. He begins to talk to her about this water, this living water that he can give her, and she will never, ever thirst again. So whenever she says, give me this water, you better believe she wants it. Because there's something special. There's something tiring about this life that she's lived, going back and forth, drawing from this source that always demands more. Because here's the thing. This woman says, when Jesus says, go get your husband, she says, I I don't have a husband. Oh, you've had five. And the one that you're with now, he's not. So you could just imagine, we don't know what happened to these men. We don't know if maybe she's been widowed five times. Maybe the men have just left her. Maybe there's been terrible tragedy that has struck either way all this woman knows is i've been married five times and i've experienced five losses i've experienced five heartaches and five pains and still i return to this well day after day and the man that i'm with now yeah i'm not married to him because what does it matter odds are he's going to leave me too odds are something else is going to happen too and so she feels this pain she carries this hurt with her And she's returning to the source, everything that she knows. And Jesus says, you know what? There is another source. There's another way of life. And this way of life that I'm talking to you about, it's not dependent upon your abilities. It's not dependent upon your strengths. It's not dependent on everything that you can do. It doesn't matter that you've brought this bucket here for so long. It doesn't matter all of this. It doesn't matter about all of your past and all of your experiences and all of your loss. It doesn't matter that the man that you're with now, you're not even married to him. What matters now is at this moment, I am offering you a whole new way to live, a brand new source. And this source is everlasting. And here's the difference. This source is inside of you living life inside of you that wants to spring up. 
It's something that you take with you daily inside of you, Christ, in you, the hope of glory. It's a source that it doesn't matter if you return to this well and there's a line a mile long. It's okay because you have something inside of you. It doesn't matter if a chicken has fallen in this well and everyone else is stressed out about it. Christ in you. It doesn't matter if you've had five husbands that have left you five times. It doesn't matter if you're facing bankruptcy. It doesn't matter if this has happened. It doesn't matter if the doctor's report has come back negative. Christ in you. Water in you. Life in you. There's a new source that he's offering. Here's the thing. When he offers it, it doesn't mean that she'll no longer have to go to this well anymore. It doesn't mean that no longer we don't have to work and we just sit back on our butts. It doesn't mean that bad things won't happen. It doesn't mean that this well might not still collapse one day. But what it does mean is it means that no matter what, you now have a different source. You now have something in you that is greater than this. Something better than everything else that everyone is dependent upon. This water in the desert is now in you. It doesn't matter if you lose your job because ultimately Jesus is your provider. It doesn't matter if this happens or that happens because ultimately Jesus is your source. So the question this morning is, do we want it? Do we want this life-giving water, or do we want to continue to return to that other source that we've known for so long? It's a question that will face all of us, because something will happen, and we will be tempted to return to that thing that's brought us comfort for so long. We will be tempted to grab our pot and go back to that old, old well that old way of doing things. It's very tempting. Do we want it? And so the story continues. The story continues in this conversation with Jesus. And when he says, I am he who speaks to you, the Bible says something very interesting. It says that the woman left her pot behind and went into the city and told everyone about this man who she had met at the well. She left her pot behind. Why did she leave her pot behind? Because she now has a new source. Maybe it's time that we left our pots behind. Maybe it's time we find a new source. And here's the thing about that new source. He's often in a place that we don't expect. He's often in a place that we go to every day. And all of a sudden, one day, something's different. All of a sudden, something changes. And Jesus is there. And a moment happens. And she leaves her pot behind. And she goes to the city. And she begins to spread the word about the Messiah. And at at about this point, it says that disciples came up. And the disciples had gone, and they've gotten to get the lunch for Jesus, and they're trying to give him the food, and they're saying, Rabbi, please, here, please eat. And Jesus responds and says to them, I have food that you do not know of. My food is to do the will of the Father, in which the disciples look at each other, and they're saying, what? Did somebody give him some food? Well, there's no crumbs in his beard or anything like that. I don't think he's eating. 
And then Jesus looks at him and says, don't you see? Lift up your eyes. Don't say that there's four more months until the harvest season. The harvest time is now. What is he doing? Jesus is sitting at the well. The disciples are looking down on him. And Jesus is saying, look up, not just figuratively, but literally, because people are coming from the town. Look up. While you were gone, I had a moment with a woman, and now she is bringing out the crowds. The people are coming from town because the people want a new source because all the people of this town have fed from this, for, this source for way too long. He's saying, don't wait. I know we're on this mission to go to this place, but look up. It is right here. It is right now. How often do we miss what's right in front of us? time is here the time is now the kingdom is here it is among us the harvest is ready please lord let us not return to the old well please lord let scales fall from our eyes and us see things in a brand new light may we see things that are right in front of us may we no longer work with our own strength And so another question arises, if there's this new source of life, there's this new way of doing things, there's this fount inside of me, why do I return to the old way so easily? If the harvest is here and the harvest is now and all I have to do is look up and see what's right there in front of me, why do I continually miss it? Why do I continually live in this mundane routine going to the same well every day. Why? Well, there's probably a few answers to that question, but this morning I would like to just give you one. And to give you the answer to that question, I have to take you back to where the story began. And the story began like this. Jesus was traveling. He was on a journey, and he was going from Judea to Galilee. But to get there, he had to stop along Samaria. His destination was Galilee. Sometimes we get so fixed on our destination that we miss our Samaria. See, Samaria was supposed to be just a pit stop. It was just supposed to be a place where we gas up the car. It's Shalot. It's not Wilmington. It's not Myrtle Beach. (laughs) Samaria. Shalot. Shalate? Where's that? You live in Shalat? Yes. Sometimes we get so focused on the destination, we forget the journey. We miss what's right in front of us because we're so focused on where we have to get to, what we have to be, what we have to accomplish, our goals, our successes, all of this thing, and it all rides on our shoulders of man. I'm going to make this thing happen. We're going to get there fast. Come on, Jesus, follow me. Here's some food. Let's go. And Jesus says, nope. Jesus likes to just sit back by the well. And the woman came to him. And he was just sitting there. He just said, give me a drink. Slow down. 
everyone, you're moving too fast. That's a Jack Johnson song, if you don't know. (laughs) We have to just slow down. I know God's spoken to you. I know you have a dream and a vision and a goal in mind. I know all these things that are on your heart. Don't be in such a rush. Slow down. Enjoy the journey. Because if we don't, we're going to miss the woman at the well. And here's the reality of the situation. We're not just missing the woman at the well, but we're missing the whole town. We're missing the revival. Because the revival started with this one woman that went and told the whole town. And his Bible says that Jesus stayed there for two more days. Why? Because revival was going on. Because all of a sudden, life-giving water, a new source came to town. We're going to miss the revival if we're focused on the destination. Slow down. Enjoy the the journey. Are you drinking from the wrong fountain this morning? Does success rise and fall on your shoulders? Have you gotten so focused on the destination that you've missed your moment? Are we making trips daily to a source only to find years later we're back to the same place that we started? The message this morning is very simple. There's a different kind of fountain. There's a different kind of water. There's a different source. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he wants to come and live inside of you. And he wants to be your source. He wants to be your life-giving water. When everything else falls apart, he will never, ever leave you. And my hope this morning is whatever source that you've been looking to for so long, that you would be as courageous as that Samaritan woman to leave it behind. And that you would go to your workplace, in your town, in your city, and tell of this man named Jesus Christ. I would ask you all to stand with us this morning as we sing one last song.
as deep cries out.